Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to KJV Cafe. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the program today. Today I want to talk about a very serious topic, and that is where are you headed in your journey in life? Where are you going today? Do you feel like you're in a car on a road in, let's say, a desert, and you're lost, and you have a very strong hunch that if you drive a certain way down that road, you're going to go ahead and find everything that you need, a fuel station, food, water, etc., because you don't have any much of that. And you drive down that road, and it seems like the further you go down that road, the hotter that desert gets, and the less likely you're going to find any respite, any help, any rest, any, any fuel, any water, and you don't know what to do. And, and, and you, you, you think about it, and you use all your senses, and you look at the books you have in the car, maybe a map or something, or you try to remember what people have told you, and you just keep driving down that road because that's all you know to do. And eventually, you're just about out of gas, and there's nothing in sight. That, my friend, that moment right there is a breaking point when you realize you know, there, there's no hope in the direction you're going and there's no hope in the path that you've traveled. And many people here today are on that path. They're saying to themselves, I don't know what to do. Everything that I thought I should do, I've done. And the more that I keep doing what I think I should do or what people tell me to do or what the experts say, the hotter and drier and more desperate things seem to get. That is life without God. And I urge you today, if you've never accepted Christ as Savior, accept him today. Jesus Christ will come into your heart, come into your life, and he will get you out of that situation you're in. And he will transform your life and take you to a place that is fruitful, that has everlasting waters, living waters, that never runs dry, that never runs out of peace or hope or fulfillment, a place that you cannot even imagine in your wildest dreams exists, really does. And that place is in the heart of Jesus Christ. That's where he wants to take you. That's what he wants to do with you, friend. If you haven't accepted him as Savior, make today the day you accept him. Because so many here on earth are looking for pleasure, looking for hope, or looking for something in the absolute wrong place. And they keep going further and further down that path, never realizing until maybe it's too late that they went the wrong way. Amen. And and you get a Bible preacher out there on the corner or something, street preaching, and everybody just rolls their eyes at him and say, oh, he's offensive. Or on TV or even here on the radio. Look, I'm here to help you, not to offend, amen? God's called me to tell you the truth. And I'm not speaking a truth that I don't know about. I'm telling you a truth that I'm very familiar with. 
Because I've driven down that barren road and I've gone way down that road to the point of brokenness and despair. And oh, in that miry pit and that hog pen and that mess of life, God pulled me out and took me in, amen, and saved me. Oh, how he saved me. And he gave me a new life and he can give you a new life. And you may be wondering how, how does this all work? Well, firstly, you need to realize God's program. God has a very specific plan for salvation, and it's not complicated. You don't need to be part of a church or go to college or even high school. You don't need any of these things. All you need is faith, the idea or believing that God did what he said he did. And what did he do? What did he say he did? Well, in his word, in the Bible, what's the Bible about? It's all about Jesus, right? In the Bible, Jesus Christ was sent by God the Father. So Jesus Christ is the Son. That's like John three sixteen. God sent his only begotten Son. Jesus Christ sent by the Father to come to this earth. And he lived on this earth 33 and a half years. He walked the earth as a, as a human, real person. But he was born of a virgin, amen. Uh, his Father is in heaven, amen, not on earth. And so Jesus Christ, he had to obediently, willingly give himself up to being crucified, the most brutal death that mankind has ever known. He was beaten, humiliated, mocked, spit upon. All these things were written in prophecy in the Bible before they happened. That's what prophecy is. It's a prediction of uh, something in the future that happens. And so it's all written about Christ died on that cross, was buried three days, and was risen again by God, miraculously risen again by God, resurrected, amen. And that's the whole idea behind Easter, Resurrection Day. He's resurrected. He walks the earth 40 days and 40 nights. He's seen by over 500 people. And even uh, secular historians recognize that Jesus uh, lived and that Jesus went to the cross. And even some of them will recognize that Jesus uh, was seen after the crucifixion. And so we see here that when we believe in what Christ did on the cross, not by a textbook or not by uh, culture or anything, but, but in our heart, when we realize that he did that for us individually, for me and for you, because why would Christ do that? He did that because we have a sin debt that we can't pay. And you say, well, where did that come from? Well, that came from the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. Uh, what were they doing in the Garden of Eden? They were living great. God had blessed them and said, look, just don't go near this one tree. The devil comes in as a serpent and says, hey, you got to eat of that tree. That's good stuff. Eve eats of it. Adam eats of it. And they then have sinned against God. The one thing God told them not to do, they did. They were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Sin entered the picture. Sin becomes hereditary. It's something passed down from generation to generation. And so we see here that sin enters the picture and that we get that when we're born. If you want to look at what sin is, it's anything that goes against the ways of God and who God is. Amen. You look at children, they lie and they smack and cheat and steal and do all kinds of things. And they're great kids. They're loving kids, innocent kids. But the point is that even children have sin in them. Sin enters the picture from birth and sin will, will stay there. Uh, for, for as long as people are having babies and, and so forth before the Lord comes back. And so we realize we all have this sin debt and we say, well, how can we resolve it? And many people think that they can resolve it with good works and they try to live a good life and they try to do good deeds and say, well, maybe my good will outweigh my bad. Uh, but that's not God's program. God's program, remember, is that he sent Christ to die for those sins because Christ was perfect. And Christ willingly died for those sins. He shed his blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And so Christ sheds his blood for your sin debt, for your sin debt, 
for the sin that is in you. Don't look at someone else and say, they're the sinner, I'm perfect. No, you recognize your sin. I had to myself and took a long time, amen? And you recognize your sin and you say, okay, I'm a sinner and Christ died for me. So Christ is the savior. I believe on him. I believe on him going to the cross for me, for dying for me, for making that payment, for putting my sinful shoes on and giving me his righteousness, his robe of righteousness. When I believe on him, I just trust him. I have faith and I believe on him. And that's it. I just believe on him. I believe Christ died for me. It's that simple. Do you believe it here today that Christ, Jesus Christ died for your sins and that he was risen again? Amen. Do you believe it? If you believe on Christ, Invite him into your heart right now by what I've just explained. Say, Lord Jesus, please save me. If you believe on him, if you're tired of driving down that desert barren road and you're ready for a fruitful life, a life of purpose, a life of meaning, a life of hope, accept Christ today. Accept him as Savior and Lord. Get off of that dead end road that's going to lead you to death and destruction and accept Christ where there is life everlasting. Jesus said in the New Testament, I came to bring life and bring it more abundantly. Amen. We know that Jesus is the answer. And many churches and people will talk about Jesus being Lord, but they won't mention the sin debt. They'll say, oh, just get baptized or just think about Jesus and you're fine. You need to realize that God's program starts with us recognizing our need for a savior. You know, if we never recognize it, we won't accept it. If we're drowning and and we say we don't need a life raft, but we see that other people are drowning, guess what, friend? We're going to drown. We have to say, Lord, I need that life raft. Lord, help me. And part of God's program, the way that things work often, people, the way that they are, the Bible term might be stiff-necked, is that we go through a lot of adversity, maybe even to the breaking point, to that idea where that car is going further and further down the road and there's nothing that we can do and maybe even... um, depression sets in or anxiety or all these problems and God's allowed it because he needs us to see our true form so that when we truly call out for him that we mean it and then when we're saved we're not saved for an hour or a week or or a month but we're saved for an eternity because we realize that we need Christ as savior and then everything changes the gospel is so simple a little child can understand it and yet so complex that scholars and theologians will spend a lifetime trying to dissect it and can't quite figure it out. And so, friend, I'm inviting you, I'm imploring you, I'm begging you here today, not as anyone better than you, but as someone that has been down that path. Accept Christ today. Accept him as Savior. Give your life to him. Trust him. If you trust him, He, if you earnestly seek him, I saw a roadside sign uh, recently, it said, uh, if you don't know the Lord, pray that he'll He'll show himself to you. If you trust him, if you seek him, if you say, God, show, my, show yourself to me, if you pick up the word and say, Lord, reveal yourself to me, oh, he'll be faithful to do it. And he'll save you, friend. He'll save you. You believe on him, he will save you. And he will change you and he will make you new. And you will never, ever be on that des- desert, desperate road ever again. Because yes, you'll face hard times after being saved. I'm sure we all do. But your life will always be accompanied with a closeness with Jesus Christ. In fact, when we're saved, you get the Holy Spirit living within you. So you'll have God living within you. You'll have that peace that surpasses all understanding. You'll have those promises that are in his word through and through. 
about how he'll never leave us and how he sticks closer than a brother, how he's very present in times of trouble. He's a very present help. And all these promises, you'll have those. You'll own those. You'll be able to, to call God on it and say, God, you promised it, and he'll show up, amen. But it starts with faith. It starts in believing that Jesus Christ truly is who he said he was and who he says he is through his word, and that when you believe on him, you'll be saved. I pray that that happens here today. And if you accept Christ as Savior, what I want you to do, get a Bible. King James Bible is the one I use. It's excellent. Get a King James Bible, amen, and find a Bible-believing church. You get saved, you got to go to church. The devil's going to do everything to try to get you away from church. How do you judge a church? How much of the scripture do they get in? Do they really get into the word? Do they really study the word? Is it all about the Bible? If it is, it's a good church. If it's not, it's a bad church. And I could give you a bunch of reasons, but for time's sake, I won't. Trust me on this. A good church is all about God's word, the whole word, amen? Get into a Bible-believing church. Spend time in God's word every single day after you've accepted him as Savior. And watch what he does to you. I'm excited for you. If you've accepted Christ today, I personally am really excited for you. I don't know you, but maybe one day we'll meet in heaven. I pray that that would be true. Amen. That'll bless me. But I'm excited for you. What God can do with you and through you, if you just give your life to him, it's incredible. It's incredible. I wouldn't tell you this if he hadn't done miracles in my life over and over again. And here we are today. And maybe you're at that moment of decision. What will you do? Will you accept him as Savior? Or will you turn your back and head down that desert road? Oh, accept him as Savior and experience the abundance that is in Christ alone. Experience the wonderful newness of life that is in Christ alone. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.